from the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello, everybody in podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. I'm your host, Sean Sobon. And I have got the charity lads with me today, or at least two of them. I've got Bradley Ray and Jamie Fricker coming to us all the way from England, United Kingdom. Brad and Jamie, welcome to the show. Great to have you guys here. Yeah, thanks, man. Good to be here. Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for having us on. No, absolutely, man. Um, so just to give the audience a quick synopsis of what you guys are doing, uh, there's about 15 of you blokes. I'm going to use that word because it's fun. I don't really get to use that all the time. There's 15 of you guys uh, working with um, charity running lads. And you guys kind of run around and raise money for charities and raise awarenesses. And you have um, a 50-kilometer challenge coming up this June um, for a charity. And we'll get into that. I'll let you guys speak on which charity you're, you're running for this time. And, and Brad, I understand that this is, this is quite the challenge for you guys to use your own words. You know, it's a, an eclectic group of guys. There's some dad bods in the mix, <laughs> whole bunch of different backgrounds and stuff. So this isn't something you do every day. It's going to actually be a real challenge. So, um, kudos to you guys. Uh, Brad, why don't you just take it off from here and let us know a little bit more about the background, how this all started and, yeah, so um, this is our first one we've actually ever done. This is a like wholly new setup thing. This is with the charity lads and everything. It's brand new setup. Amazing. So we all met at university. All were good friends at university, and we all stayed like in contact on the WhatsApp on like WhatsApp thread. So we all chat away on that quite regular, quite good chatting. And um, but then one of our friends uh, became has became ill before Christmas with um, a, a facial palsy it was it was a type called Ramsey Hunt syndrome okay. and originally it was a he had an earache and he didn't know what it was he kept getting misdiagnosed quite a lot when he going to the hospital so it was missed a few times and then eventually it was his um, wife was at home while he was at hospital and she said I think you may have a Ramsey Hunt syndrome she'd like looked up these symptoms and everything he said to the doctor oh, I think this is what I've got and they said no it can't be that we've already ruled that out went home they rung him up literally as he got home saying, yeah, no, your wife is right. You have got that. You need to come back to the hospital to get your medication. So he went back to the hospital, got his medication and hadn't heard from the hospital since really, he said. So the charity we're doing the work for, Facial Palsy UK, have been the ones who have helped him so much getting through this and understanding what's actually happening. And so much support. So it's been really helpful from them. That's that's great that they exist because it sounds like, you know, like you had said, the hospital gave them their medication and said good luck to you. But um, Ramsey Hunt syndrome, what have you learned about that so far since your friend's been affected and facial policy in general? Craig, did you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. So I think when when it first started, like the misdiagnosis of Bell's palsy, which is very similar type of symptoms, um, it's, and it's often kind of misdiagnosed as Bell's palsy, but what Dean was kind of feeling uh, and experiencing was more closely aligned to Ramsey Hunt. But uh, as Brad's mentioned, because this isn't widely known, and actually, like, especially with the NHS, they're under a lot of tension last year, and they do a fantastic job, and I don't want to say anything bad about them, it was just something that slipped through the net 
but what we've kind of learned is if it kind of was caught in the right amount of time and there's a specific kind of 48 72 hour period that if it's caught within that right time and medicated in the correct way then the symptoms can disappear after kind of a week or two weeks and you go back to back to normal essentially um, but unfortunately, Dean missed that 72-hour period and ended being about kind of two-week period. And so therefore, is now suffering kind of uh, longer-term symptoms. Um, so uh, facial paralysis, which has left him with kind of his uh, eyes don't move in the same ways that ours would. So he's constantly having to manually open and close his eye, um, lost some control. So he's gradually starting to get something back. And it's things like this that we take for granted all the time, like the ability to blink. You know, when we go for a run, the ability to blink is you need it, right? Um, yes. And Dean's not able to do that without manually having to kind of make that change within his own facial expressions. So I think when when this came about and when you know Brad said, hey, guys, we should, we should raise some awareness and raise some money for the charity at the start of January, you know, the running thing came up and that's a different thing I'm sure we'll come on to. But I think we were all quite uh, passionate about really trying to drive what, the Ramsey Hunt syndrome is and what Bell's palsy is and essentially what the work that Facial Palsy UK do because they were essentially a lifeline for Dean where he suffered something. The NHS weren't there to help and provide any support and any answers. Crucially, that was the key thing for Dean. You know, am I going to get better? When am I going to get better? Um, is there is there a chance for me or is this actually going to be the rest of my life? And Facial Pause UK were there to be able to help and support that. Now, when we kicked off the fundraising for them, we were, we were adamant that we just wanted to kind of raise a profile for Facial Pause UK. But what we didn't want to do is almost create this whirlwind of like something small that we just, you know, raise a little bit of cash and the charity would then find that like interesting and useful, but then the charity lads would disappear and Facial Poison UK goes unknown again. So we really wanted to make sure that there was almost a legacy that we were leaving behind. And it was through that journey that we got close to the charity and speaking directly to them that we found out that actually because of the COVID situation last year and people's inability to kind of raise funds for them it meant that they actually had a very short period of lifeline left of a charity so that then changed the mindset of of us as a group of people and that's kind of almost what spawned charity lads where we wanted to be a group of individuals and a group of lads, you know, like everybody else, you know, just average people um, going with, you know, with with jobs and some of us with families, et cetera, um, that we could just pull together for a cause, but also along that journey, save a charity at the same time. And that's become a mission this time is to, to save Facial Pause UK, make sure that that's got a lifeline, but also there's a following and a support behind it that people can consistently have that awareness brought towards them. And already we've seen like people reach out to us saying, you know, this this has been really important to us. This is the first time that this has had a platform or I didn't even know. We had actually somebody come to us saying, I didn't even know I had Ramsey Hunt, but now you've mentioned all of these things. That's exactly what I've got. Uh, you know, so they're being misdiagnosed and, and this awareness is helping them. Um, and I think that's where hearing these types of stories like come up time and time again in the short amount of time that we've been doing this, which is two months, which is incidentally probably the same amount of running experience that some of us have got as well. Um, it's been amazing. And it, it like this is just the start of what we want to do. And we want to ensure that Charity Lads is something that can grow and be a pillar that influences and impacts people, not just around raising funds, but inspiring people to try and do something for the good, basically. Uh, yeah, I love that. I think, you know, the premise behind the charity lads is absolutely wonderful. 
And, you know, the fact that you're, you've been inspired by somebody close to you, Dean, to kind of do this. And now you've got even a bigger vision. Like you said, you don't want this to be a one and done. You want to carry this on and build a legacy. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you guys about it. Um, let me ask you a, a little bit about Dean now. So obviously his eye's been quite affected. Um, is he having to use a lot of eye drops and things like that to kind of keep the eye moist? Because, you know, as we blink, it kind of helps lubricate and get rid of debris and dust like that. And is this a, is something that starts off with a virus or is it bacteria? Like, yeah. So you know? like, as, as Brad said, Dean started off with, you know, he had an earache, uh, had some headaches, lightheaded spells. Um, and it, it started that way. And he went into the hospital and they said, oh, it's an ear infection, here's some antibiotics. Um, and it kind of grew from there. And then the, the various kind of symptoms manifest itself and the, the, his face, obviously having paralysis against it, very intense migraines, feeling sick and feeling nauseous, um, and kind of playing pink pong going backwards and forwards to the hospital which was as as you, you probably know as well last year with covid was an incredibly difficult thing to be doing especially Absolutely. in the height of the winter so um it, it's not just it, it's not just those direct um symptoms that you see that's affected dean and, and, and dean won't mind us talking about this and encourages us to like you know obviously have that awareness but it's also the knock-on effect so kesha his wife and he's got he's got a little boy dylan um have, they've been amazing Kesha has been amazing throughout all of this because they're, they're really having to provide a safety network around him to ensure that he's able to still function to the best of his abilities. You know, he's, he's not able to really go outside as much as he wants to because he's manually having to close his eyes. So it's resulting in tendonitis in his wrist. And right. so, you know, having to then wear like wrist supports and elbow supports to just cause stopping that manual process. Um, but also for, for Dean, who, you know, we all say uh, as the group, you know, 15 of us is the guy that's, you know, got the, he's always got this fantastic moral compass behind him and, and you'd always, he's the nicest guy and he genuinely is probably the nicest guy of the group. Um, and he's also one of the guys that takes quite pride in his appearance and one of his best assets is smile. And, and it is a fantastic smile, um, but he's unable to, to use that now. See, mm -hmm. over the course of, I guess, the last three, four months of having this, it's almost getting used to to what potentially the new norm might be um, and getting used to a new face looking back at him at the mirror. So it's the psychological aspect that that uh, Dean's having to cope with and, and deal with. But as a knock-on effect, so is Kesha. And, and they are doing fantastically well, but it's new challenges that are coming up time and time again. Yeah, I can, I can greatly appreciate that. Um, it takes time, I guess. And like you said, you know, I think you really um, hit it hit the nail on the head and we said, you know, you're looking back at somebody else in the mirror that you're not used to seeing and you have to get used to that. So that's going to have a profound, a profound psychological effect. Um, I couldn't even really imagine what that would be like. So, you know, Dean, if you're hearing this, man, I'm rooting for you, buddy. You got a, a great bunch of guys rooting for you and, and uh, got your back. So that's great. That's great stuff, guys. Um, so obviously it's, it's had a big impact on him and a big impact on, on his friends and his family as well, that you guys are doing this. So let me ask, um, how did, who was the person to suggest running and not only running, but running a distance, like a 50 kilometer ultra marathon? Yeah, no, that was me. That it was, was me. you, Brad. Was, yeah, it was me, completely me. I was, I, I think I messaged you first, didn't I, uh, Jamie? And I said, um, 
oh, what do you think? I'm thinking of doing this. I'm going to raise some money for Dean at the same time. I, I mean, most I'd ever run, I've done a couple of half marathons. I thought this year, I thought I'm going to push myself. I want to go for something a little bit further. And I thought if I'm going to raise money, I want to go a little bit more than even a marathon. So then I just put in the group chat one day to the boys, uh, thinking of doing this, who fancies joining me? And straight away, everyone's replying, yeah, we're in. And everyone was in. There was no, no one really doubted it. No one thought, uh, I'm not sure. A couple of questions maybe about the distance, but yeah. other than that, everyone was well up for it. Wonderful. So let me ask Brad, when, when you sent that message to the, to the group chat, um, were you having a couple of bevvies that, that evening? Thinking, hey, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. no I mean, I, when I sent it, I thought I might get a couple. I might get one or two who say, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'll do it with you. I didn't expect 14 everyone else to reply saying, yeah, we're in. So yeah, um, it, was, it was such a great thing to see everyone going. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so so let's talk about this. Do you guys have a route planned for your 50 kilometer run? How, what, what's the plan, you know, yeah. starting from the conception of this up to the, to the race day or the run day training, all that stuff. Yeah. So we've got, I mean, cause it's 16 weeks now till the race day. So okay. I've got, um, I've done a training plan I've devised and I've done a couple of like other suggestive ones, depending on how many days people can get out. So for the guys who don't run as much, there is suggestions on them and what to follow. You've got some of the other guys who do do run a bit, so they're kind of doing their own thing. But we're, I think it's like we're all said, we're making sure at the weekend we're getting out for a long run. And everyone's, I think the key message we're trying to get back to everyone is it's not about the pace you're running at the moment. Just take it slow. It's it's about getting the distances under your legs, getting the time out on under your legs, actually getting out there for couple of hours, not worrying about how fast you're going, just actually getting out and running for quite a few hours at a time. So, yeah, so, so I think the 16 weeks will build up slowly to progress to longer, longer runs, getting more and more time on your feet. Yeah, I think uh, that sounds like a pretty good strategy. And, you know, nobody's an elite runner here. It's it's about just getting to the finish line at this point, right? And whether it takes six hours, eight hours, whatever it may be, you just want to finish. And uh, that, that was a strategy I took in my first 50K as well. It's just... I don't care how fast I'm going. I'm just going to take it easy and, and try to finish. And I barely made it, but I, I was, I was a numbskull. I didn't, I didn't train for it. I just decided, okay, this is a day and training never really happened. So, so, so there's hope for you guys. Cause it sounds like you're doing it the right way at least. So that's good. <laughs> Such good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, while we're on the topic of training, uh, you've got, um, another challenge coming up. I think it's, is it this Friday or next Friday? The, David Goggins challenge. All right. So tell me a little bit about that. Who's, whose crazy idea was this and uh, what is it all that about? So I don't think anyone can necessarily take credit for this idea. It was your idea. Don't don't say this. (laughs) Well, it was, um, so I think it's um, David Goggins um, who uh, pushed the event uh, a bit more was there four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And, um, yeah, I, I saw this and thought, 
yeah that sounds great you know it's four miles that's as easy you know and it's every four hours you get a bit of rest that sounds fantastic and you know it's over two days that's, that's brilliant um and i was looking at kind of the training schedule i had and it's like well you know i've got a long run scheduled for the saturday or i could do this and i thought oh it just it seems like fun so i put the message <laughs> this shows the uptake that brad and i get right <laughs> i then put the message on the thread and didn't get quite the same response from the board boys um but i think you know, obviously when we set the uh, uh, when brad put the original ultra marathon at the 50k it was for you know for, for the charity and for a good cause and when i put mine on there it was just for good fun so um it resulted in three of us doing it or will be doing it brad uh myself and um and stefan balanzac um so yeah we're going to kick off next friday uh at 6 a.m in the morning um we'll do our first legs obviously still independently because um well, because of COVID. Um, so all running separately, but they're going to be syncing up on kind of WhatsApps and um, yeah, hopefully getting some good video content throughout the, the 48 hours. But we're feeling relatively comfortable about it. I think, well, I am. I don't know about the other guys. Join Sean Silbon in the Trail Tales ARP Nation for the Girls on the Run 25th birthday virtual celebration on Thursday, March 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a live stream event and it will include a keynote address from Hoda Kotebi, a discussion panel with experts and athletes about building confidence in girls through physical activity and more. The event is free for all to attend. Each of us plays an important role in supporting girls and raising the next generation of confident, strong, healthy women. Right now, girls are feeling increased levels of loneliness, isolation, and depression brought on by the pandemic. Programs offered by Girls on the Run help to combat these things, providing girls with positive and authentic connection. Come celebrate and support the inherent power and courage of girls by RSVPing to the virtual event. Please go to girlsontherun.org slash GOTR-25. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, I've I've thought about doing that too, but I don't know about you know my alarm going off in the middle of the night to have to get up and go <laughs> run. And, oh, I think of the laundry I'd have to do too, because there's no way my wife will let me in the house all sweaty after a run. So. <laughs> um, Jamie, do you have a route planned? Are you going to vary it up, or are you going to run the same same route and be familiar with it? I've got three 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 routes. Um, uh, I've essentially got a, a nighttime, a, 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 an evening right route, and uh, a morning route, and uh, kind of for a mixture of different reasons, like uh, safety primarily. Um, yeah. So nighttime route is a well lit route. Um, morning routes uh, tend to be slightly flatter than than most of the other routes, and then the midday routes is like a, a bit more fun and a bit more challenging. Um, so I've got three routes planned from my side. Um, that's the way I'm going at it. I, could, I might find a route particularly more enjoyable than the others and might find myself sticking to it. But yeah, that's my strategy around it. Okay. And, and Brad, uh, you have a strategy employed or you're doing the run as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty much kind of the same. I've got about four, three or four, five kind of different routes where I can go off different ways. And yeah, it all depends on lighting and everything. So there is a route which is pretty well lit for the, like the, uh, the late evening ones and early mornings. And then the other ones trying to get them a bit more scenic as well. So yeah, yeah out into the uh, countryside a bit more and enjoy that a bit more for them runs. 
Awesome. Um, what's the weather like for you guys right now, this time of year, temperature wise, accumulation, rain, snow, how's it going? It's, it's, it's always about the British weather, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I have to ask. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's never, it, it's always the same. It's pretty dire. Um, we, we're actually having an unusually warm spell at the moment. So um, we're Celsius. It's, it's about 15 Celsius, maybe what's that? 70 Fahrenheit, maybe 75 Fahrenheit, something like that. So yeah, I think, yeah, uh, I think, I think 70 is around 20, 21, I think almost. I'm in Canada, so we use Celsius too. So, I'm not- oh, cool. All right. Yeah. We're yeah. fine. 15 is very nice. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about 15C, so probably less than that, like 60, 60. So, it's it's quite warm, but it's it's actually almost perfect ish weather temperatures. The, the challenge that we had, um, and, and I don't know, Bradley, if you felt the same, I think we spoke about this, is that we went from like two, three degrees Celsius um, literally last week, and there was snow and ice. And then this week it's 15C. So, you're then like, oh, I need to find my other running clothes and like I now need to get rid of my hats and, and long sleeve tops and find where my shorts are. Uh, so hopefully the weather forecast still looks pretty good for, for next week. And it, at the moment it looks dry, but, you know, it's British weather. It could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Eh? Um, so let me ask you too. Um, we'll, we'll start with you, Jamie. Um, how long have you been running? What's your running background? Is this something new to you? Is it something you've been doing for a while? Yeah, I, I'm in a um, I'm in a uniqueish position in that I did um, I didn't start running really until I was 21. Okay, and I uh, when I started working for Runners World magazine in the UK. Uh, and I was there for four and a half years. And over that four and a half years, I got roped into my first 5K, which then became a 10K, which then became a half marathon. Uh, and then I became part of the pacing program for the half marathon runners. And then I became part of the pacing program for the marathon runners. And then um, we launched a magazine called Triathletes World, which is not with us anymore, unfortunately. But um, that then got me into doing some triathlons. So again, started on super sprints and then sprints and then did, did an Olympic and kind of got to a bit of an inflection point where oh, do I do I do a half Ironman or Ironman? And in reality, I hated hated swimming, still hate swimming. Yeah. Um, and an opportunity came up for me to do the Marathon de Sable um, in 2012. So I then decided to do a couple of other ultra marathons in the build up to training for that. Um, some more successfully than others. My first ultra marathon was an absolute fail. Um, and it sticks with me to this day. <laughs> um, and, but then I was fortunate enough to do the ultra marathon or the marathon de Sable in, in 2012 and finish that race and literally put my trainers away and haven't ran since the start of this year. I, I was done with running. Um, I, yeah, people often said like, Oh, what's next? And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't mind doing this or this, but I didn't do anything. I just, I hung up my running trainers and then went back to playing rugby and then did a strongman competition and then started CrossFit. And so like, um, so I had all this great experience and, and then you know, almost had to start running again at the start of this year and try and find a, a love and passion for it again. So I'm, I'm fairly experienced, but I'm kind of learning everything all over again. Yeah. And, and what, how's that been for you? Is it, do you find it's like riding a bike or do you, you know, I'm, I'm assuming your motivation level is quite high right now because of the cause that's behind all of the running and everything and the training yeah. that you're doing, but you know, how's it been getting back into it? Like really strange. Like I think the first run I went on, I was like, I'm just going to go out and just run a little bit. Um, 
And by the way, when I say this, I fully appreciate that I've, I'm quite fortunate to be able to do these things as well. But I remember I did 11 miles and I was like, wow, I've just done 11 miles. I haven't done anything for like nine years. Um, and I was like, okay, I feel okay. I enjoyed parts of that. That's weird. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what I, uh, being older and wiser, like reflect back on my training for the ultras previously in the marathons that I'd done in the half marathons. And I was always about speed. I was always looking at my clock and wanting to get my minute miles. I need to be doing six thirties. I need to be doing sevens. Oh man, I'm doing a slower run. I kept, but I was I lived by the watch, which meant that my training wasn't that enjoyable. I never went out there and enjoyed a run. You know, I'd enjoy the feeling afterwards of that. You know, I'd set out to achieve that and I did it. Um, so this time around, weirdly enough, the pressure was off slightly. Um, and I could actually just go out and forget about the watch a little bit and just enjoy the run. Um, but I've equally learned that like how important stretching is now, cause I'm that much older and I'd, like, I really like, so I, I put that in a training plan to actually stretch, which I didn't do in previously. And thinking about things like nutrition, like properly, like before it was just like eat anything and it's, and I wasn't really rehydrating either. And that's the key thing. Like now I'm like, I know yesterday I had a really bad run and I know exactly why it was a really bad run because I went out there and I was basically not hydrated in any way at all. I was starving hungry. I was on, I was running, feeling hungry, which is a awful feeling. Um, and so you, I've learned so much more about myself. I still made the mistakes obviously. Um, but this time around, it's been like almost like, I don't know, I don't want to say reborn because that sounds really terrible, but like it's, <laughs> it has been like a, a, a real revelation. It's kind of like correcting the wrongs from, from what I, uh, I did nine years ago. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things when when you're young, you almost feel bulletproof and, and in a way you are where you can just get up and go mm. and not have to worry about getting injured. And I know for myself, I'll be 40 this year. If I if I move the wrong way while I'm sitting in my chair, I'll like get a hamstring strain or something. It's just yeah. it's, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Brad, let me ask you now. You said you've run, you know, uh several half marathons in the past. So how yeah. did your running journey begin? And you know, um, what are your future goals? Um, after obviously running a 50 kilometer, are you going to carry on with like ultra running? Is this a new venture for you? Is this the one? In um, yeah. So for me, it was when I was back in as a teenager, I used to compete in track. I used to compete for like a local track club for the County. I was representing them and I used to do, I used to do uh, 400 hurdles and pole vault at the time. They used to oh, my wow. two disciplines because it, it was like, it was quite interesting because they were like, nah, have a go at this, the pole vault. So had a go, loved it. So yeah, did that for a few years. And then I went to university and um, that's where it kind of my, my fitness and everything went downhill. I found uh, drinking a lot more, eating a lot and more unhealthy. And, and it's just, yeah, kind of just stopped and I hadn't really done anything. Like I played football, but um, hadn't really played, done any running till about a year and a half ago where I just felt, I was just felt very unfit and I just felt a bit, bit down about it and all and I was a bit well, I need to do something and so I was like right well what's the easiest thing to do I didn't I go to the gym occasionally I just didn't enjoy the gym I just think it's I always I was just I got there and I kind of got the work done and got out and I don't think I really worked hard enough because I was just trying to get it done yeah so I thought well I'll just put a pair of trainers on I'll just start running and yeah I think from there I've just slowly built it up I'm always reading things online I mean the wife wife says I'm just constantly I'm just looking at running. It's books galore, all about running. Um, um any excuse someone says to me, ah, oh, what do you think about these trainers? Any excuse to look at running trainers, I'm there. 
on YouTube watching different like little documentaries and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind, of, it's kind of kind of a little bit obsessive, I'd say, but it's a good obsessive because it's keeping me a lot fitter and everything. And so I started doing a lot more. I started doing a couple of ten k's, five k's. Uh, I've done two, uh, two halves at the moment. I've got another one um, half, which is actually the week after our fifty k. I didn't realise I had oh, a wow. half already booked in. So that's going to be a might be a struggle, or it might be that my fitness is really good from the fifty k. That it'll help me through the half. And I think, yeah. So for me, it'd be after the fifty k, I'll be I won't be stopping running. I know that, yeah. and it'll just be yeah, trying to. There's a, there's a list of like a few different like marathons and stuff I'd love to go do around the world, and just kind of like in a way of seeing the world, but while running would be brilliant and trying to get into some different events and some probably a lot more trail events as well. Maybe going a little bit further down a marathon, maybe eventually going up higher than a fifty k as well. Yeah, um, all all great goals. I think you know your story of you know, being fit and active in your younger years. And then, you know, life catches up with you. It's, it's not very uncommon. I was there right. myself, you know, we, we, we've all been there. And um, it's great though, that you can kind of find something that inspires you and you still enjoy doing, as you said, you know, kind of going to the gym and going through the motions and just getting your workout in and not really being inspired, not really working as hard as you, as you want to, or you should be. And then, you know, just decide to throw on a pair of shoes and go running and and find that you fall in love with it. And I think one of the great things about, about running as well is there is a competitive nature to it, but you're not necessarily competing with anybody else other than yourself, mm. right? Like mentally, physically, all that stuff. And you kind of want to push your limits and see where they are. And, you know, there's 15 of you, of you guys doing this 50 K run. And I know it's not competitive in nature, but you're working as a team, but at the same time, you're all working on an individual level too, at the same time. Right. So it's, it's quite unique, I think in that regard. Yeah, almost definitely. I think it's actually created quite a unique situation because there's a real diverse kind of group of guys here. And we've got, and and we'll say it to each other's faces, you know, we've got, we've got <laughs> the guys who don't do anything uh, through to the guys who are pretty active. And um, we did like a, <laughs> a scorecard matrix that will be put on our uh, at charity lads, Instagram page that you will be able to see that kind of swathe. Yeah. And what we've seen is that like, actually it's almost sparked that little bit of competitive element. And this is kind of what Brad said earlier is like, because we, we ran a little bit, we know the importance of pacing and, um, and actually like if you're new to running and you're seeing somebody else do something, you're like, Oh, well, you know, I, I drink the same amount as him. And, you know, if we, if we went out, I could have five points. He has five points. So I must be able to run nine minute miles. It's, you know, it's mad, but that's the equation that's made. And therefore it gets posted on the group thread that someone's done nine minute miles. And then the other person will try and do nine minute miles. And then, oh, my knee hurts. I'm starting to pick up injuries. So we've just had like kind of almost, is it fair to say, Brad, like four to six weeks of these types of things that have gone on of people like trying to one up each other in different ways. And now people are almost trying to find like, okay, I need to find my, you know, to get my base level fitness, I need to do me. You know, I need to yeah. ignore what's going on up on up on the thread for a bit. 
Um, and it's been really nice to see those individual journeys. And, and you're absolutely right. When it comes to the race day, we're running together. So it doesn't matter like if someone can do seven minute miles, because guess what? You're not going to be doing seven minute miles on race day. Um, you know, you're going to be running 11 minute miles, maybe 12 minute miles, maybe even slower. And I think that's the other thing that's, uh, that's been interesting that we like, I don't think we've quite cracked yet with everybody and myself included uh, to a certain extent is that, you know, you need to get used to running 12 minute miles and 11 minute miles, even mm. if you can do seven minute miles, because your body moves in a very different way. You get a lot of different aches and pains that you won't probably experience if you're used to running a three and a half hour marathon. Now think about it as a five hour marathon, which means your body's going to be on its feet for an hour and a half longer than you have ever done before. Yeah. Um, and to contextualize that, you you basically are going to have the same challenges as the person next to you, but in a very different way. So you need to find that challenge and start experiencing it now. Um, and that's been quite a revelation, I think, over the last, I guess, the last two weeks, which I still think we're yet to crack because some of the boys haven't done the longer runs yet. And yeah. you know, they're still at kind of six miles, 10 miles, you know, and 10 miles is verging onto that longer longer journey yeah. but you know once you get to 12 and 15 and then 17 and 20 that's it's a very different game very very different game yeah absolutely and, and brad you said it earlier you know it's it's not really about the the time or the speed it's about time on your feet through all your training you got to get your body used to being out there for that long of a time and um yeah it is it is a different animal um to be able to run at that at that slower pace and and not really burn yourself out right it's it's just one of those things i recall you know in in my experience near the end the last three kilometers for myself was absolute torture like my hip flexors were screaming at me uh, and you know every kilometer felt like five kilometers near the end. And, and, and my good friend yeah. David was with me and, and, you know, he was kind of, we were channeling our inner David Goggins and, and trash talking <laughs> ourselves just to get finished. You know, it was, it was quite brutal. So there's certainly going to be some suffering involved, but uh, it's all going to be worth it at the end for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, let me ask you too. I want to go back uh, to Dean and to facial palsy UK. How was it, um, that he discovered facial palsy UK? Was it something he and his family found on their own or did they come to him? How did that connection happen? Yeah, I think it was from Facebook, actually. Um, so Dean was looking for different groups on Facebook, just trying to find answers. Um, because ge- like genuinely, like he was left from the hospital. Again, there's nothing about the NHS, but it was left at the hospital, you know, go home. And it's like, well, what's next? Like, what, you know, how do I figure this stuff out? And yeah. so I, I think he was looking through uh, Facebook, found a few different groups, and then found Facial Pause UK. And um, and it was then kind of, you know, not light bulb moments, but it's almost like, oh, here's a bit of a comfort blanket that's going to like actually give me some of the answers. Might not be the answers I want, but they're answers. And that's really crucial when you're kind of in a position of like question marks everywhere. So um, we know that the, the charity's done loads of great stuff with Dean directly and Dean's parents as well have been in contact with the charity and had conversations um, and everything from kind of, you know, this is what's actually going on physically to actually hear some suggestions and help to try and improve kind of day-to-day life. Um, with small suggestions like there's weights that you can attach to the outside of the eye 
Oh, wow. Okay. So like helping with that process um, in terms of, you know, what does that look like? How does it work? Where can I find them? Where do I buy them? How much do they cost? You know, all of these questions that we wouldn't, you know, we, we wouldn't look for. We, we don't have that out, those answers and that information. And But Facial Palsy UK do have all of those things. And they're run by essentially two people. And one's full-time, one's part-time. And they do an incredible job for an incredible amount of people. And I think that's what is like really almost harrowing for us is that there's a real chance that this charity won't exist anymore. And that has a massive knock on effect. And we see it directly with Dean, but we now know through people reaching out to us that it's a much wider network of people that rely on this type of information. But also, unfortunately, more people will be looking for solutions and answers and and if they're not there then there's a real like for us that's a real gap and a real worry that they're not going to have the answers that they need yeah and i think it's so very important to have a place to get those answers because i can only imagine that not knowing would make you have a sense of not having any control over what's happening to you but when you can arm yourself with information and have resources and use strategies to help yourself, you're going to have, you're going to regain a sense of control over your own body and over yourself and, and what your future is going to hold. And, and I don't think you can put a price tag on that. I think that's so important to be able to have that. And let me ask you guys. So, you know, you had mentioned there's a chance that this charity may not exist in, in the near future. And, and that would be tragic in my eyes. Um, what, what are the fundraising goals of the charity lads? What are the needs? needs of, of facial palsy UK and how can people help out? How can we, how can we chip in? So yeah, initially we set target of 2000 was our initial target. We set and we smashed that within, I think three days, I think it was or something we'd hit that target. So we went higher, we went to 5,000 and then after one of the lads was, was in quite a, a lot of dialogue, dialogue with the charity, they then said, oh, we need to raise £25,000 to be able to keep going for the next 18 months. If they don't raise that amount of money, they can't keep going for the next 18 months. So now we are trying to raise that £25,000 for them. So that's what we're doing now on our Just Giving page. We're raising it through that. So, I mean, if anyone wants to donate, they, the best way to do it is to look up Charity Lads on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all them. You can you can then, there's a links to, to, to Just Giving to donate. You can see all our stories about what's been going on. There's a lot been going on every every Tuesday. We do a um, four mile run for facial palsy awareness. So we just something we've started every Tuesday. We all go out, we run four miles, and we hashtag it four. Then the number four for FP. So we all uh, have a picture with four fingers up to say. So we're running four miles to raise awareness of facial palsy. And so next week is facial palsy awareness week. So it's a week for, for them to help. So we're going to be working with them to raise the profile even more of facial palsy. And hopefully I'll run on Tuesday. We can get a lot more people involved just using the hashtag tagging in facial palsy and tagging in the charity lads to try and get a lot more awareness for this charity and get as much donations as we can. Okay. Well, I'm going to certainly uh, link that to the show notes. So whoever is listening can, can find it easily there. And it's at charity, charity lads on Instagram. And uh, we'll certainly see if we can come together and help you guys out for sure. Cause I think it's, it's great what you guys are doing. And, and like we said earlier, this isn't going to be easy. This is, this is, this is a, a real challenge. It's going to be tough and uh, you know, it's, it's going to a good, good place. So 
uh, I'm cheering you guys on and uh, I'll go get out on Tuesday and get my four miles for facial palsy as well. So thank you guys in that for sure. So before we, before we end our conversation, guys, let me ask you a few rapid fire questions. We'll just go and, and you can answer, go Brad and then Jamie, I guess it's going to be same question, not too hard, but uh, okay. Um, uh, Your preference for running road or trail? Uh, For me, it's trail. No, are you Jamie? Oh, sorry. Road. Road. Road for sure. Okay. And uh, what shoes are you currently running in? Uh, I've got Pegasus 36 at the moment. Okay. Uh, uh, Pegasus 37. Oh, it's got a one up with me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded really terrible. Sorry, Brad. I'm going to get some new ones now. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, Favorite post long run indulgence? Um, straight after a long run, I'm a Nesquik chocolate milkshake. Oh, there you go. All right. All right. I'm like, I'll, I, I will rehydrate and then I'll hit the bourbon. <laughs> I'll rehydrate and then I'll, I'll have a few glasses of bourbon and then there's nothing wrong with that. There you go. You're hitting the water first though. So that's important. Oh right? yeah. I've got it's to rehydrate. Enough, right? Otherwise it's a pickle. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And what's your favorite distance to run? Um, I'd say 10k at the moment, but hopefully it'll be further. Great. I, I'm strangely finding real joy in like 15 miles, which sounds oh, wow. weird. Uh, and I think because um, basically the shorter distances I in my head, I have to run fast. And uh, once I get over kind of that half marathon distance, I can just like, I'm on a long run. Let's just enjoy this run. So yeah, yeah. 15 miles really. Nice. Yeah. That's a good point. I think, you know, when you're, when you're not worried about the time or the watch, you can just enjoy the run and the process and, and the view and everything around you it just makes it easy. You don't even realize you're running so far. Yeah. At definitely. that point. Yeah. All right, guys, listen, before we uh, end the show, I just want to thank you once again for being here. Um, and I want to leave you with my customary phrase here at Trail Tales ARP. And that is to run wild, my friends. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for having us. It's been brilliant. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys. Best of luck with everything that you're doing. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Trail Tales ERP now has a brand new YouTube channel. You can head over there through our website and check out all our latest videos. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tails underscore ARP. And you can also join our Strava running group at Trail Tales ARP. Thank you so much for your continued support. Run wild.